1: If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. And welcome to the uh, Amazing World of Radio Christmas special. Now, if you want more uh, Christmas programming, uh, go over to Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, where we'll have uh, four Christmas shows uh, this week, uh, December 21st through the 24th. So Monday, right up until Christmas Eve. And you can also check out our feed for uh, the Great Detectives Christmas episodes at christmasfeed.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time to get started with our special. And we're only doing one this year, but this one is a big one. It's the Elgin Christmas Program. And a couple years back, we did one of their Thanksgiving programs. And just like the Thanksgiving program, the Christmas programs were two hours long so that's why i thought just do one special this year now it's time for the elgin christmas show original air date december the 25th of 1945.
2: The Elgin Watch Company, makers of fine American watches for 80 years, presents its fourth annual Christmas Day greeting to America. Two hours of star-studded entertainment broadcast throughout the United States. Shortwave to Latin America and beamed to the peoples of the United Nations around the world. In the next two hours, Elgin brings you Bob Hope, Jenny Sims, Jack Benny, Bob Crosby and his Bobcats, Red Skelton, Vera Vague, Alan Jones... Celebrated pianist Artur Rubinstein, Ella Logan, Alan Reed, General Omar N. Bradley, the Charioteers, Larry Storch, the Elgin Orchestra and Chorus under the direction of Louis Silvers, and your host for the full two hours, Don you! <laughs>
0: Merry Christmas, ladies and gentlemen, the very best wishes of the holiday season to all of you from every one of the stars Ken Carpenter just listed, from the Elgin Watch Company, and from myself. We invite you to share your joy with ours on this Christmas day, 1945, perhaps the most joyous Christmas since the birthday it commemorates. Throughout four years of war, we've kept faith and been rewarded at last with victory. Now we're determined that this hard-won peace must be universal and everlasting. And in that joyous spirit, Elgin greets you with an appropriate song from Alan Jones.
3: It's a grand night for seeing The moon is flying high And somewhere a bird who is bound to be heard Is throwing his heart to the sky for singing The stars are bright above The earth is aglow And to the show I think that I'm Falling in love Falling Falling In love Maybe it's more Than the moon Maybe it's more Than the birds Maybe than the sight of a night and a light for her maybe it's more than the
4: earth
3: shiny and silvery blue maybe the reason I'm mean here
0: Is wonderful, Alan. Wonderful. We'll have you back for an encore later. Meanwhile, Elgin marks time with one of the world's best loved entertainers, a man who has been playing theaters of war and service camps and hospitals for the past four years, keeping our boys well supplied with corn and ham. The man who set out to follow his nose and has been traveling in circles ever since. Bob Hope!
5: Thank you, peasants. <laughs> How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob, fourth annual two-hour Elgin Christmas Day greeting to America. Hope
4: <laughs>
5: telling you to buy your girl in Elgin, you'll have something slick with a tick that'll put you in thick with your chick.
4: <laughs>
5: Take your time. We have two hours. It's all. Right. <laughs> Well, here we are, Christmas Day. Christmas Day, that's the time you pass out the presents that help you pass out New Year's Eve. (laughs) Back East, it's snowing all over. In California, it snows, too, only out here they juice it. (laughs) I've been getting a lot of fun out of the stories about the cold Christmas they're having back East. Fact: When I got the paper this morning and read about the blizzard, I laughed so hard my front porch slipped its anchor. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, swimmers? <laughs> but everybody is so much happier this Christmas. The war is over. The boys are back home, and Dick Tracy finally captured Ditchy. <laughs> he did,
4: didn't
5: he? You <laughs> got to look. Well, I. Well, I uh, and I opened my Christmas presents this morning. I had a wonderful Christmas. I came out $5 a head.
4: <laughs>
5: of course, it really means nothing to me if I spend more than I get it. <laughs> I, uh, I got a lot of presents from my fans this year. I won't say any of them would go so far as to mail me a snake, but it's the first time I ever rattled a package and had it rattle back at me. <laughs> Men I, uh. <laughs> where are we here? Rattle Oh yeah Rattle back at <laughs> I, uh, I got a beautiful fountain pen From Betty Grable I know it was from Betty Grable The ink was still boiling <laughs> And Crosby told me He was going to give me Something for around the house He gave me something For around the house How can you get rid of Two dozen mice?
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> old cheese salesman Someone uh, Someone <laughs> Someone gave me a wonderful automatic shaver It's a new type You smear your beard with cheese Press a button on the case And a mouse sticks his head out And nibbles your five o'clock shadow back to 2 p.m. (laughs) That's a nice luck show Just that joke, huh? My sponsor gave me a box of cigars for Christmas They aren't the kind that explode in your face These you take three puffs And they sneak around and kick you in the back And the housing shortage is still as bad as ever out here I hung up my stocking last night. When I woke up this morning, I found a family from Oklahoma living in it. <laughs> you sound like a motel crowd. I held open house all day yesterday for the movie crowd, just the grown-ups, of course. Last year, I invited the kids to and Margaret O'Brien walked right into the turnstile.
4: LAUGHTER that's a joke,
5: folks. Don't pass it out.
4: <laughs>
5: Last year, I invited the kids, too, and Margaret O'Brien walked right into the turnstile.
4: <laughs>
5: there must be humor there. Don't force it. It's all right. <laughs> Take your time. Two hours. But seriously, I really had a big mob at my house. People were going through the front hall so fast, I shook hands with the bearskin rug three times.
4: <laughs>
5: Margaret O'Brien walked right into the turnstile. <laughs> I'll be studying that all week. (laughs) It'll never happen to me again. Margaret O'Brien walked right of the (laughs) floor. But it was very confusing to be giving a party. In fact, I had my pocket full of silverware before I recognized my own initials on it. (laughs) And Margaret O'Brien walked right of the (laughs) floor. Trees, Christmas trees were so expensive I couldn't get a real pine this year. I just poured starch over skinny ennis and turned a green spotlight on (laughs) him. I found that joke in my stocking. (laughs) It happens again, I'll change laundries. Ah. And W.C. Fields dropped in. He didn't intend to drop in. It's just that he was at 2,000 feet when he sobered up and he happened to be over my house. That goes with Margaret O'Brien. <laughs> Wonderful how you can fondle a egg, isn't it? If the shell is thick enough, that's it. Uh, Margaret O'Brien. <laughs> but I had a wonderful... Oh, yes, I served Tom and Jerry's, and I'm just wondering if I made a little strong. When I left the house, Tom was carrying Jerry up the stairs. <laughs> Did that egg come out of my nog? Uh, but I had a wonderful ladle to stir the punch with, and I'm glad Sinatra could make it. <laughs> Ladder. of... Lada Turner and Hedy Lamar came over and cooked the turkey for me. I thought it would be quicker than using the oven.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
5: oh, Don, Don, to meet you. Where are you, my man? Right
0: here, Robert. How are you, Donald?
5: The In folks pre- are really with it today, aren't they? It I is. love them. I love these Bob, people. Bob,
0: how does Santa treat I love treat all
5: you? my people. What'd you say? I said, how does Santa
0: treat you? Oh. Look under your Christmas tree this morning and find a big fat package? No, Crosby slept at home last night. <laughs> Now, you and Bing don't mean all those things you say about each other, do you, Bob? No,
5: Don, I get along okay with one man's family. Why, I think... (laughs) I, uh... I think Bing is one of our greatest actors, and he sent me some Life Boy for Christmas, too.
0: You know, Bob, I've noticed that in those road pictures you make, Bing always winds up with a girl's arms around him. Well, somebody's got to hold the old man up. (laughs) Wait a minute here, I heard that, Hope. That's a fine thing to say about
5: Bing. Well, Bob Crosby Well Bob Crosby, I know your father well.) Now wait a minute, Hope.
6: Do
5: you know that I'm Bing's brother? Don't tell me Bing's still spreading that propaganda. <laughs> but you're looking great, Bob. You're looking great, Bob. Oh, thank you, Bob. It's nothing, Bob. Why an echo around here. Quiet. Claus, do you mind if I call you Robert? Uh,
0: Not at all Robert. Hey, you two are beginning to to sound like the Dolly sisters. Uh,
5: You really think I look like Betty Grable, do you? I don't
6: know, but with that horn of yours, you could pass for Harry James. (laughs) I knew
5: I should have brought my DDT spray along.
0: (laughs) Well oh, look, let's talk about Bob Crosby just out of the Marines. When you were out in the South Pacific, Bob, did you catch any of the hope shows put on out there? No, I guess I was lucky.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
5: Where were you? In the back lines? Where were you, boy? <laughs>
6: At any rate travel seems to have agreed with
5: you bob yeah how about the suntan huh is that
6: genuine suntan or are you wearing your leg makeup a little high this year
5: <laughs> no it's genuine all right i was reading forever amber and i got too close
4: <laughs>
5: i don't think there's anyone as close as you are <laughs> oh, you got those bobby breen ad-libs again <laughs> That pencil with a dull point again But Linda! Lenda near my chubby Andy Russell Why not, uh Why don't you come on My show, Robert I need a good straight man
0: Well, I haven't you heard Bob Crosby's gonna have his own show Starting the first of the year No kidding Yeah,
5: I'm gonna sell Fords Oh, that's a tough job Selling Fords That's like selling locks Of Van Johnson's hair To the Bobby Sockers
6: Well, listen Why don't you buy a new car It's about time you traded in That 1916
5: Stevens Duryea you drive (laughs) Yes, it is a little confusing with a driver's seat that high up I never know whether the traffic light just turned red or I've got a nosebleed
4: <laughs> But
5: getting back to my offer, Junior, I like your style Maybe we could team up together, huh? What happened? Kelowna gave you the brush? No, that went back to Fuller
6: mm. No, but it, I,
5: I think we do well I can see our name in lights now Hope and Cross Hope Hey, wait a minute from where I'm standing, it reads Crosby and Hope. There you go, reading backwards again. That's what you get, <laughs> that's what you get for rinsing your eyes out with Saratam.
4: <laughs>
6: Say, before we carry this thing too far, Bob, I want to know one thing. If we team up, which one of us is going to tell the jokes? I like this boy. He's silly.
7: <laughs> He's a silly one, that one there! <laughs>
0: Well, one thing's certain. If you two boys are going to be on the same show, we all know who's going to handle the singing. Yes, I think I'm well qualified.
5: You? What songs do you know? Oh, I can sing any song ever written to the tune of Thanks for the Memory. (laughs) I suppose all I do is lead the orchestra. I don't know. What are your qualifications? Where did you learn about music? Well, Bing taught me everything he knows. From the father of two girls. That's a pretty silly
0: statement. (laughs) Say, hey, by the way, Robin, don't you and Bing play golf anymore?
4: No,
5: the committee at Lakeside asked me not to steal money from the older men
0: <laughs>
5: Bob, you could... <laughs> Please wait for my yaks, if you don't mind not my
4: yaks. all year, either.
5: Bob, you couldn't beat Bing on his 60th birthday Well, that's not my fault, I wasn't born then <laughs> Say, who was his golf pro, the Azusa Excavating Company? You mean he digs up big divots? Big divots? Listen, Bob, before he took up golf, there was no Catalina Island. (laughs) But that's not the bad part. He has three caddies, one to carry his bags and one to blow his nose while I'm making a shot. What about the third one? He carries the Kleenex. (laughs) Well, you've got to admit that the kid's a pretty fair golfer. When he's out on that fairway, he's
6: always gunning for eagles.
5: Naturally, so nearsighted, he keeps mistaking them for storks.
4: <laughs>
5: now, wait a minute. Stick to the subject, Bob.
6: Why, you told me yourself, the last time you played with him, he got five birdies.
5: That's right, he did, and he would have gotten birdies on the other four holes, too. Well, why didn't he? My lips got tired. Oh, <laughs> uh, Oh, no. <laughs> Ken's in there fighting today, I love you You got a lot of Don Wilson in there. Bing wouldn't do that to you (laughs) What's that? I I say Bing wouldn't do that to you No, but he has a cute little habit of snapping his girdle when I'm driving (laughs) Oh, Colonna's mustache to you (laughs) 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 Yeah! We got some snappy stuff today, where are we? I came here to sing Well, I came here to tell jokes, but go ahead and sing then Here it is I'm as restless as a willow in a windstorm, I'm as jumpy as a puppet on a string. Why don't you rent yourself out as a yo-yo? <laughs> That's
4: I'd my part, that wait, I wait, 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 till <laughs> I finish. wait a minute,
5: wait till I finish for the talking brother. Watch it. <laughs> give you the cue we got a union too you know Okay.
4: <laughs>
5: well, besides I got a Christmas card from Petrilla ah. I'd say that I had spring fever but I know it isn't spring I never know when it's springy no I'll be come back Wait a minute.
4: <laughs>
6: but I know
5: it isn't spring. <laughs> rehearsal I'm sorry go ahead but I know it isn't spring I never know when it's spring either I'm strictly a fall guy (laughs) no I don't need that it's the first time humiliating the first time I ever worked between bars I want to I am
6: sorry I'm vaguely discontented
5: like a nightingale without a song to sing you've got the song what you need is a voice (laughs) Squashy insult I think that I had spring fever But I know
6: it isn't spring I keep wishing I were somewhere else Walking down a strange new street
5: Hearing words that I have never heard From a girl I've yet to meet Hey, Bob, how'd you like to meet a gorgeous 18-year-old blonde with pearly white teeth and a million bucks in her own name? I'd like to. So would I.
4: <laughs>
5: I'm as busy as a spider spinning daydreams.
4: <laughs>
5: I'm as giddy <laughs> as whoa, whoa, a baby whoa. on a swing. That, yeah, and now that's great enough. Ah, babies are so cute. I'll never forget when I was a baby. They used to keep me on a high chair six feet high so they could hear me bounce when I fell on my head.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but I'm all
5: right now. <laughs> I haven't seen a crocus or a rosebud Or a robin on the wing Speaking of robin, are we getting paid for this? (laughs) I have more relatives than
4: that. (laughs) But I feel
6: so gay in a melancholy way That it might as well be spring
5: It might
6: as Ah,
5: spring. Uh, spring in California, it's wonderful. Where else can you lie out in the sun all day and get a beautiful tan while you're waiting for the Coast Guard to come and take you off your roof? <laughs> 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 Say,
6: all right, Robert. hold up, this is ridiculous. I think we could settle this on the golf course. You mm-hmm. know, I had a golf ball pretty well myself when it. the wind's blowing, right? I managed to squeeze into The high
5: 80s High 80s? Uh-huh This boy's right Tell me, are you in the habit Of looking over a man's shoulder While he marks the scorecard? But of course The deal's off I don't play with cheaters
4: <laughs> it
5: Takes one to know one <laughs> So you won't play, huh? <laughs> I got a line about Margaret O'Brien Under the turnstile You can have that <laughs> let's, let's put it this way If your golf game Is as good as your big brother's hmm. And you get just as much distance from your swing Ha! As long as I'm taken to the cleaners It might as well be bing <laughs> The way
6: you river a guy is quite unnerving Your innuendos carry quite a sting Yeah, if someone's got to stay and take the insults It might, might as, as, well as well be bing, be bing. <laughs> I keep wishing I were somewhere else A most fruitless time I've never spent
5: Words like that will make my very sponsor cheer You've just set up a rhyme for Pepsodent Hallelujah, brother! <laughs> to tell the truth <laughs> Take that, I like the next mm, line, take that
6: To good. tell the truth, you are my favorite comic Not allowed now And when it comes to groaning, Bang's the king I'd like to see the guy who can sing better. Let
5: Sinatra have his fling. <laughs> if we can't win, just follow me, brother.
4: <laughs>
5: we can replace you, you know, kid. A lot of boys are coming back. <laughs> <laughs> we can win an Oscar, then it might as well be Bing. It might
6: as well be,
5: be Bing. <laughs> 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 Is that
6: the audience? Thank you. <laughs>
5: How about that singing, Ken? From well, now and I'm singing in all of Crosby's pictures. That was fine. You know, I guess I have been a little rough on old man Crosby today, but just to show him my heart's in the right place, I'm going right out and buy him a Christmas present. Great. If I can get a tube of that everluffing stuff at the drugstore.
2: Well, Bob, if you're serious about getting Bing a
5: Christmas present, I'd like to make suggestions. Well, look at old Ken Carpenter. What are you selling? Hmm? <laughs> I'm here on behalf of the Elgin Watch Company. Well, wrap one up and send it out to Crosby. I can't think of a better gift for old Father Time. LAUGHTER
2: Oh, Bob, it's wonderful of you to do this. I'll have Bing's Elgin delivered right away.
5: C-O-D, call him <laughs> <laughs> <old> Dad.
2: Remember, remember?
5: <laughs> Well... Wearing knickers in those days.
2: <laughs> no one would mind footing the bill for a beautiful star-timed Elgin. Yes, American-made Elgins are real values, distinctly styled and reasonably priced. True, how true. Yes, it's true Elgins have been scarce because skilled Elgin craftsmen have been busy turning out precision instruments and timing devices for our armed forces.
5: Help to maim those guns.
2: But now Elgin is concentrating on the production of watches, and there can be more proud Elgin owners. So commemorate important dates with a lovely star-timed Elgin. Give one for anniversaries, graduations, birthdays.
5: And this year, be sure to commemorate the Crosby centennial.
2: If <laughs> <laughs> you can't find the model you want, be patient. Your jeweler will soon have more of these superb timepieces.
0: And you'll be glad you waited for an Elgin. I'll wait a lifetime if I must. Well, while you're waiting, Bob, how's for sticking around for some more music? So
5: nice of you to ask me, Don. I'm ready. <clears throat> Say, <laughs> <laughs> where in the world do those notes come from, Hope? I'm wearing John Charles Thomas chest protector.
6: <laughs> well, I'll have you know that I'm supposed to sing right about here. Shall I join you? The title of the song the Bobcats and myself are going to do is All by Myself.
5: All by yourself? Well, that's how you wind up when you finish the song. All right, Perry Como fans, follow me. <laughs>
6: Myself in the morning,
4: all by myself
6: in the night. I sit alone in a cozy Morris chair, so unhappy there, playing solitaire. All by myself, I get lonely, watching that clock on the shelf. I'd like to rest my head on somebody's shoulder I'd hate to grow older All by myself All by myself, I get lonely, watching that clock on the shelf, I'd like to rest my head on somebody's shoulder, I'd hate to grow older, all by myself.
0: Christmas has always been a time of fairy stories, but we have one this Christmas that rivals the most fantastic of them all. It happened to a young fellow who just returned from three years active duty in the South Pacific, and his name is Larry Storch. Merry Christmas, Mr. Michi. It is a merry Christmas for you, isn't it, Larry?
8: The best one anybody ever had. Just two weeks ago, I folded up my discharge papers and started hitchhiking across the country, and wound up on the radio in Hollywood.
0: You must have had a good thumb.
8: And good luck, too.
0: Well, by now, nearly everyone in Hollywood is talking about your marvelous impressions of famous people, Larry. Tell me, how did you ever get started doing impersonations?
8: I always liked movies, and whenever they showed one on the ship, I'd be right in the front row. And I was so interested in everybody, I just picked up what I saw on the screen.
0: Well, suppose you give us a description of some of the things you saw that impressed you.
8: Well, a particular favorite of mine is Cary Grant. You know, he's got a little bit of cockney in his voice. And when I saw him in the picture, none but the lonely heart, this is the way he sounded to me. Hiya, Mar? It's me, Ernie Motts. I'm home, Mar. Can't say that I'm here for long, though. <laughs> you know only Ernie Motts you do. Freeze a breath of wind, I am. I love you very, very much, Mar. You know that. You're my girl. But I can't breathe here, Mar. I'm on my way, Ma. Oh, no tears, no tears. Come on, give us a great big smile. <laughs> Mind you don't catch cold Ma. Cheerio, Ma. That was Ma. <laughs> and then there's a fellow that runs a restaurant. <clears throat> I think you'll recognize him when you hear him. Uh, hello Duffy's Tavern with your late mates eight aren't you the manager talking? Oh, <laughs> uh, hello Duffy <laughs> Say, Duffy uh, You'll never recognize the place since I fixed it up Try... Try to visionize a spot with gorgeous drapes Thim lights Nothing but the soft glow from the pinball machines right. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah And uh, we got a new Swedish cook Yeah, one of them (laughs) schmoggers (laughs) broads. Oh, uh, Duffy, listen. Something terrible just happened. Yeah, we're ruined. It happened, Duffy. Somebody won the Kewpie doll on the punch board. (laughs) Uh I can't say nothing to him, Duffy, because he's awful treacherous. Yeah, it's it's Peter Laurie. I don't know why everyone says I'm treacherous and cold blooded. You only have to look at me to see that I am very sensitive. And yet everyone misunderstands me. I know what they say when I walk down the street. (laughs) They say, there goes Peter Laurie. That's him, that's the one. He set fire to his mother. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm really a very industrious worker. One day, I did a job for some fellow. I took a man, I shot him, I stabbed him, I strangled him, I hung him, and then I beat him over the head with a crowbar. Unfortunately, it turned out to be the wrong fellow. (laughs) (coughs) But think of the experience I got. But you know, I'm not responsible for these terrible things I do. I have a blood brother. A partner in crime Humphrey Bogart <laughs> That's the one Humphrey Bogart All right, smart guy When it chips it down You turn yellow and squeal <laughs> Well, isn't that splendid? Now get up against that wall Before I pull your nose down And hook it under your chin Now just keep in mind That I'm a candidate for hanging, see? And if anyone here makes the wrong move I'll kill the whole lot of you Now we'll have a couple of beers And listen to the music And then I gotta be running along and don't anybody try to follow me. I've always been a very tough guy. Even in school, while the other kids were rubbing out the blackboard, I was rubbing out the teacher. <laughs> well, so long. I got a date to throw some rocks at some small boy. But of course, you take Clark Gable. Now he's more the romantic type. And here's how he overpowers the girls. <clears throat> Come here, baby, come here Come on, sweetheart, pucker up I've got a mess of lips waiting for you (laughs) Yes, yes, I know I'm going away But, well, someday I'll come back And when I do, sweetheart You and I are going to climb to the top of the highest mountain And there at the top of the world with just you and me alone together We're going to do what we've always wanted to do Spit. (laughs) And of all the prominent actors I've seen and heard, there's no one who recites poetry quite like Mr. Ronald Coleman. I remember once I heard him say to a very lovely lady, if I were king, oh, now love if I were king, What tributary nations would I bring to stoop before your sceptre and to swear allegiance to your lips and eyes and hair? Beneath your feet what treasures I would fling! The stars should be your pearls upon a string, the world a ruby for your fingering, and you should have the sun and moon to wear if I were king.
9: uh, Would you autograph your new book for me?
0: Well, there must be some mistake. I haven't written a book.
9: Oh, now, don't be so modest. The telephone company delivered it only yesterday. (laughs) Now, look,
0: uh, I am not Alexander Graham Bell, but aren't you Miss Duffy, only daughter of the proprietor of Duffy's Tavern?
9: Yeah, the same.
0: Well, now, who sent you here to ask for my autograph?
9: Archie, the manager at Papa's Place. He figured it was a good excuse to have me come in and pick up some tips on salesmanship from Ken Carpenter. Oh, uh, uh, please excuse me, that's no doubt for me Hello? Hello? Oh, oh, it's you, Archie Oh, gee, Archie, this is certainly a swell extravaganza Oh, yeah, they got Bob Hope, Red Skelton, Jack Benny, Don Amici Any tomatoes? Well, I haven't seen any, but I noticed a few eggs Uh, just a minute, hold on, I'll find out Oh, uh, Mr. Carpenter Yeah? Archie would like to know, is this show gonna continue? If so, he'll put another quarter in the radio. Well, just tell
2: Archie that the fourth annual Elgin Christmas show will continue after a brief pause for station identification.
9: (laughs) Uh, did you hear that, Archie? What? Oh, no, no, they're not playing records. This is the real thing. This is in the flesh. In fact, I might go so far as to say this is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. (laughs)
2: The Elgin Watch Company's fourth annual two-hour Christmas Day greeting to America continues with the season's greetings from Jack Benny, Ginny Sims, Red Skelton, Vera Vague, Bob Crosby, Alan Jones, Ella Logan, the Charioteers, Alan Reed, the distinguished pianist Arthur Rubinstein, General Omar N. Bradley, the Elgin Orchestra and Chorus under the direction of Louis Silvers, and your host for the full two hours, Don Amici. <laughs>
0: Merry Christmas to those of you who have tuned in during the past few minutes and welcome to the Elgin Watch Company's fourth annual Christmas Day greeting to America. Our joy is great on this long-awaited peacetime Christmas. We've emerged from four years of war, a stronger, greater nation with boundless faith in the future. And the perpetuation of world peace has become our sacred obligation to those who died fighting to make it possible. And to those of you who have returned to take your places in a happier world, Every one of the stars Ken Carpenter has mentioned, join me and the Elgin Watch Company in best wishes for a successful and happy future. One of the men who fought with you throughout the bitter campaigns that led to VE Day is with us. He commanded a million and a half of you who served in the 1st, 3rd, 9th, and 15th American Armies of the 12th Army Group. He is General Omar N. Bradley, who recently returned from overseas to become administrator of Veterans Affairs. Elgin is proud to present General Omar N. Bradley speaking to you from Washington, D.C. General Bradley.
10: Today, I am thinking of Christmas 1944 and the Battle of the Bulge. What our American soldiers did individually last Christmas speeded the German collapse. What our servicemen did throughout the war is the reason we can celebrate this Christmas in peace. What these veterans will do in the next few years will determine the kind of country in which we and our children will live. There's nothing easy in the job ahead. We've had difficult post-war periods before, but when our servicemen got back into the machinery of American life, they put their skill and initiative into the job and made the gears mesh. In the coming months, we shall count on our veterans to show the same courage and drive they demonstrated during the war to lead us back to a prosperous peace. Last week, important new developments in veterans legislation were enacted by Congress. It is cheering that the liberalized act should be passed so close to Christmas. It is almost tempting to say that it comes as a wonderful Christmas gift to our veterans. But these benefits are not gifts. Veterans are not asking for handouts. No, the GI Bill and other legislation reflects America's conviction that it is to the nation's own interest for veterans to get back into normal civilian life as soon as possible. That is the way we in the Veterans Administration think about the job we must do. It is an important assignment and we will do it to the best of our ability. But the government alone cannot do the whole job. Laws and regulations provide no easy way out. Just as the people in a veteran's hometown look to him to help the community back to a strong peacetime economy, the veteran looks to his friends and neighbors for helpful advice. He wants to return to work, to buy a home, to start a business, or to enroll in school. Good down-to-earth advice will start him off right and give him the chance to shoulder his responsibilities like any other citizen. We want him to be successful in his work. For these returning servicemen hold in their hands a large share of America's greatness and progress. This assurance that they shall have an opportunity to enjoy the peace and help build the future is the finest Christmas greeting we can give our veterans. I know you join me in wishing them and our men still in uniform throughout the world, a happy Christmas and a most successful new year.
0: Thank you, General Bradley. I am sure everyone within sound of my voice is determined to help these returning veterans in their readjustment to civilian life. One who is doing a great deal along this line is a charming and gracious star who has helped many a serviceman get a start in the field of entertainment by having him appear on a regular Friday evening program. Elgin is proud to present and commend for her work, the lovely Ginny Sims.
11: Но All around, and in your eyes, a wondrous light told me that this night was forever. Slowly, the moon came in view, smiling above. That's when. I suddenly knew
0: Beautiful, Jimmy, just well, beautiful. Thank you, Don. May I say that if there's anything I love, it's a girl with a lovely, soothing voice, like... <laughs> Mr.
11: Michi!
12: Oh, Mr. Mitchie! My
6: dear
0: maid.
12: thank you so much, and a merry Yuletide greeting to you both. And I'm so glad you're here, Miss Sims, because I have a little present I'd like to give you. Where? How thoughtful of you. It's just what I've always wanted. Three jelly beans. <laughs> <laughs> just a little thing. I'm so glad you liked them, dear. You know, I almost thought you were one.
0: Well, why didn't you?
12: Well, I couldn't get the iron claw to drop in the right place.
4: <laughs> oh, well. <no.
12: laughs> It's the thought that count, uh, yes, I always say Yes, Say, but what did you ask Santa
11: Claus for, Miss Vague?
12: Oh, I know it's silly, but I just couldn't help it You're, you're supposed to ask for what you want, you know yes. So I asked Santa Claus for a husband <laughs> Oh, don't be silly Santa Claus couldn't bring you a husband in his bag He couldn't? No Sad sack, isn't it? <laughs>
11: Well, <laughs> I got just what I wanted. You did a new fur
12: coat. Oh, well, how lovely! Yes. Yeah. Say, would you believe it's from a Russian weasel? Oh, well, you Ooh. know your boyfriend's better than I do. <laughs> 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 no, offense, of course. <laughs> oh, Santa Claus was very good to me too. I got this dress for Christmas. Really? Mm-hmm. What year? <laughs> 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 oh, bless your heart, darling. <laughs> I wonder how many life insurance policies she carries Nine The <laughs> well, last fall
0: was won by Miss Vague using a flying hammerlock oh, 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 But seriously, Miss Vague, doesn't this brisk holiday weather do something to you? Oh,
12: yes, it's wonderful, Mr. Nietzsche. I'm feeling fiddles of bugle.
0: Don't you mean fiddle?
12: No bugle, I'm partial to anything that makes a man pucker up <laughs> By the way, Miss Indy, how would you like to take me out tonight? I'm really very shy, and I wouldn't ask you, but it's leap year.
0: But, Miss Vague, this isn't leap year. You're only supposed to ask men for dates every four years.
12: When do you think I had my last date? <laughs> Say,
0: whatever happened to that boyfriend you had?
12: Oh, uh, the boy, you mean Waldo?
0: Yes. Isn't he that alcoholic you can't keep anonymous?
12: Oh, now, Mr. Minchie. I have to admit, Waldo did imbibe a little on Christmas, but it was only because of his job, you know. What does he do? Well, he's a test pilot for Seagrams. <laughs>
6: Hey, is there any room for Sinatra's understudy around here? Well, Bob Crosby Hiya, Don Hiya,
0: Bob What's new, Don? Not much, Bob Feeling good, Don? Fine, Bob
6: Well, I'm an
4: (laughs) Abner.
0: I'm sorry, Uh, Mr. Crosby, this is Miss
6: Vague (laughs) Well, solid tootie beauty Bounce me baby, hit me honey, and maul me mama with a rudy backbeat boogie We can glide and ride from side to side And we're copacetic, baby, because you and I speak the same language.
12: Well, don't tell my folks they think I'm an American. (laughs) You know, Mr. Crosby, I I can't begin to tell you how much I enjoyed you in the picture, Going My Way.
6: (laughs) Miss Vague, I'm sorry, but uh, will you feel any differently about me if I tell you that I wasn't the man in Going My Way?
12: Oh, don't be silly. I like any man that's going my way.
6: Well, you must be thinking of my brother Bing, and besides, little girl, it might frighten you to know that in the Crosby family, I am the black sheep.
12: Oh, well, what are we waiting for? Start pulling the wool over my eyes! You're <laughs> <laughs> <He's> so cute! <laughs>
6: I think you'd better hold out for Bing, Miss Beg. He's coming into town in a few days.
12: He is? Mm -hmm. Oh, how wonderful. When he comes in, I'll be right down at the Los Angeles station to meet him. Oh,
6: that'll make Bing very happy. You think so? Mm -hmm. He comes in at Pasadena.
12: (laughs) Oh, uh, you brothers make me so mad. You always stick together. There's so many of you brothers, too. There's Don Amici and Jim Amici, Bing Crosby and Bob Crosby... Clark Gable and Van Johnson... Clark... Hey, and, wait a minute.
6: Clark Gable and Van Johnson are not related.
12: I know, but old oh, brother. <laughs> 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 oh, shame <of> it. <laughs>
6: Miss Begg, do you really know as much about love and life as you claim to?
12: Oh, you silly boy, you. My <laughs> social calendar is built clear up till the end of December. and on New Year's Day, I've been elected to ride in the Rose Festival Parade. On the level? Yes. All of us glamour girls are to represent different flowers. Lauren Bacall is the gardenia. Hedy Lamar is an orchid, and I, uh, well, I don't like what I'm supposed to represent. It well, makes how come? me so mad. Well, a toadstool is not a flower. <laughs> I have to be running now. I've got to go pick up my tickets for the Rose Bowl game. I'm late.
6: Rose Bowl game? Say, where are you sitting at the game, Miss Vague?
12: Well, I'm sitting just a few feet off the field at the 50-yard line. I think it's a pretty good seat. Hey,
6: wait a minute. If you sit there, you'll be in the player's laps. Well,
12: it's a better seat than I (laughs) thought. Oh,
4: um...
2: Hey, Miss Vague, yes, uh, yes. before you go, what's this I hear about the award you received?
12: Oh, did you hear about it, Mr. Carpenter? Yes,
2: I did, and I'm, well, I'm just curious to know, how did you win the title Miss Elgin Watch of 1945? Uh,
12: well, so happens I was voted Miss Elgin Watch because of my ability to chase men.
2: How do you mean?
12: Well, when I'm wound up, I can run for 18. days. <laughs>
2: Well, Miss Vague, I can readily understand how your persistence should win you the unquestioned title of Miss Elgin Watch. Uh-huh. After all, like many an Elgin, you've been running for years and years. <laughs>
12: oh, you dear boy, you. I just love that little stem winder you use for a hand. <laughs> Fresh.
2: Yes, and you'd love everything about a beautiful star-timed Elgin. It's a dependable masterpiece of fine watchmaking, a proud possession to be cherished always. Uh. If in the past your jeweler hasn't had the Elgin model you've been dreaming of, hold fast your desire just a little longer. More Elgins are on the way, and you'll be glad you waited for an Elgin. Uh,
12: Spent my whole life waiting. Now I have to wait for an Elgin, too.
0: (laughs) On this Christmas Day of 1945, humanity confronts grave problems... New responsibilities. Faith and courage. These alone can overcome the barriers ahead. And Elgin brings you today a story of such faith and courage. Dawn at Midnight by Samuel Carter. Francis Robinson will play the part of Ruth Massey. Billy Brow will play Rick. And I shall play the part of Jim Drake. (coughs) certain of its destiny, you wouldn't normally pick Christmas Eve as a time to start out on a new career. But that was how the breaks came. And they changed a life that didn't seem worth living to a life I wouldn't change for yours. Because for many months, I had thought that there was no place for me in this world till Christmas 1945. (laughs) Yes, my first job. It wasn't on a farm or in a factory or office. It was in a home, with a fire crackling on the hearth, the smell of balsam from the Christmas tree, the sound of a woman's lullaby. I was waiting in the living room when she came down. I heard her footsteps on the stair.
13: Oh, I, I heard someone come in. I thought it was... My name is
0: Drake, Mrs. Massey, Jim Drake. I'm from the hospital... They told us you needed somebody to mind the baby, and... I volunteered, if it's all right with you. Of
13: course. I just expected a woman. One of the nurses, maybe. Well,
0: I'm afraid they can't spare nurses. One of them drove me over here, though, and she's waiting now to take you back. If you'd like to see my hospital credentials... Oh no,
13: I see now. You're in uniform. You're... You're are i I'm a
0: patient. Ordinarily. But tonight I have my first job. Of course, a lot of veterans wouldn't consider baby-tending the beginning of a great career, but... You know, it's funny, I do.
13: I'm sorry... In this light, I can't tell whether it's one bar or two.
0: Lieutenant, but would you call me Jim or Drake, anything except Lieutenant?
13: Jim. How did you happen to volunteer?
0: Well, I could beat you to that question. I could ask you how you happen to volunteer for what you're doing. Giving up Christmas Eve to entertain a bunch of wounded servicemen when you could be with your family.
13: Well, perhaps it's because my family is half a family. My husband was killed in Burma seven months ago.
0: Well, you've given me my answer.
13: Now, I had a question for you, remember?
0: How did I happen to volunteer for babysitting? Well, somebody had to, or you wouldn't have been able to entertain those men tonight, and I know how disappointed they'd have been.
13: Oh, I would have done anything to get there. I tried everyone in town.
0: Oh, of course, but where can you get a baby tender on a night like this? So you called the hospital, and here I am.
13: But it seems so unfair to Oh,
0: no, please. I'm here because I want to be. All my life, I've never felt that Christmas could be Christmas without children. Overseas, I dreamt of coming home and getting married. Well, that didn't work out, but here I am spending a Christmas Eve at home, and with a kid.
13: I'm afraid Rick won't be much company. Rick? Rick, or Ricky. He's six years old. If everything's quiet, he'll sleep till I get back.
0: Well, still, for once, I can think of myself as the father of a family. The father? Perhaps I shouldn't have said that, but it's sort of a dream of mine.
13: Of course. Of course. It only reminded me of a dream of mine.
0: I'm afraid that's the nurse.
13: (laughs) I'm all right. You're sure everything will be all right?
0: Oh, yes, I'm sure. What are you going to sing tonight?
13: Is there anything you'd have liked to have heard if you were going to be there?
0: Yes. Do you know I'll be seeing you? (laughs) That's it. That's the one.
13: (laughs) I'll sing it for you, Jim. Good night for a little while.
14: Mummy!
0: No, it isn't, mummy. Son, I, I just knocked over the fire tongs.
14: Are you Santa Claus?
0: Santa Claus? Why? Do I look like Santa Claus?
14: I can't tell because I can't see. I, I'm blind.
0: Oh, oh yes. You know, you know, son. You said something very funny then.
14: Funny? Yes.
0: You said that you were blind and you couldn't see.
14: That's funny.
0: Oh Why, sure it is. Come on over here and I'll tell you why. You can follow the sound of my voice, can't you?
14: Yes, you're sitting in the big chair by the fireplace.
0: Oh, well, that's where you're going to sit, too. That's it, right here beside me. Well, what I meant, Rick, was that being blind and not being able to see are two very different things.
14: How different?
0: Well, a lot of people with ordinary eyes can't see beyond the room they live in. But a person who's blind... Now, he's not limited that way. He can see so much further. He can see through space and time.
14: But I can't even see the Christmas tree.
0: No, not this one Christmas tree, perhaps. But if you try hard enough, you can see all the Christmases there ever were. You can see the first Christmas and the last Christmas. The
14: first Christmas? I like that.
0: Well, why not? You know, at first, that first Christmas isn't very pretty. You see a dark forgotten land ruled over by a king called Herod. People with despair in their hearts, waiting and hoping for the light, but sure only of destruction and the bitter end. And then what happens? A great invention to change the world? Oh, no, nothing as insignificant as that. A child is born, and with that child, a new life for mankind. Now let's have a look at that first Christmas.
14: It's a stable, and it's full of kings and gold.
0: That's right. Kings laying down their crowns and treasure before something even greater than their power. And look, you see in the manger over there?
14: That, that lady, it looks like mother.
0: It is mother. It's every mother there ever was. And that light around the baby, that's the light that never, never dies.
14: It's beautiful. And I can see it. I can see it.
0: You see? I told you you could see the first Christmas.
14: You said you'd let me see the last Christmas, too.
0: The last Christmas. You know, Rick, I made a bad mistake. There isn't any last Christmas. Christmas will live in the hearts of men as long as there are men on earth. But I tell you what, I can make you see a future Christmas. Now, pick any date you want, only make it, well, a little way off. People sometimes take a long time learning.
14: I thought grown-ups learn fast.
0: Oh, no, no, children learn fast, but grown-ups sometimes give up trying. But I can see a Christmas where every home is warmed and lighted by a central glowing core. And the air is filled with wings and bells and carols. The candy canes are streamlined, but they're still sweet. And Santa Claus comes by helicopter. And then there's a little button that you push, and you know what for?
14: No, what?
0: That makes the weather. Instead of dreaming of a white Christmas, you push that button, presto, snow. But of course, those are only the little differences. The big difference is in the faces of the people on the street. The children singing carols, or the old folks saying grace. Faces of all nationalities and colors, white, black, yellow, fair, dark. They aren't fearful anymore. They're at peace with one another. Because at last the spirit of Christmas has become a world reality. Not just one day of the year, but every one of the 300...
14: Someone's here.
0: Oh, yes, yes, someone's here.
13: I'm sorry. I came in quietly so as not to wake Rick. I
14: couldn't help overhearing... But, Mommy, you're crying. It's
13: not because I'm sad. It's because I wish with all my heart I could believe the things I heard just now.
14: But you can, Mommy, you can. You can believe everything he says. You know what I asked Santa Claus to bring me? Oh, darling, darling, I
13: explained.
14: He gave it to me. I asked to be able to see again. And I can see, Mommy, I can see. I can see wonderful things.
13: Come on, darling. It's late. I'll take you back to bed.
14: You don't need to take me. I can walk.
0: I, uh... Yes, I ought to go along now, Miss Nancy. Oh,
13: the car will wait. Tell me, how did you do it? How did you make him feel that he could see again?
0: Oh, that was easy. I'm blind myself. I... Thought the hospital would have told you.
13: No. No, I'd never have known.
0: Well, at the hospital, they try to treat you as if nothing were the matter. The funny thing is, you can be miles ahead of them.
13: Oh, Jim, you've done so much for Ricky.
0: Oh, it's nothing compared to what he's done for me. For you? Oh, yes. Until tonight, I felt I had nothing left to share with anyone. No place in the world to fill. No job to do. I know differently now.
13: You should. You've given a small boy such a precious gift.
0: No, not given. Shared. You know, I've had a theory. If you've got something precious and you share it, it becomes more precious still. And the oftener you divide it, the bigger it gets. It's not only who can see a little better now. It's me too. Mm. Well, I guess that horns for me.
13: I'll see you down the path.
0: No... If you don't mind, I'd rather leave with a picture of you standing there and the fire burning on the hearth and the lighted Christmas tree.
13: I'm sorry, Jim, but there are no lights on the Christmas tree this year.
0: Well, there are for me. I just put them there. Good night, Mrs. Massey.
13: Good night, Jim, and Merry Christmas.
0: Let's make that plural. Merry Christmases.
13: Yes, lots of them. Merry, Merry Christmases.
15: Pardon me, but did you call for a doctor? Well, no, I didn't. Well, you should have. You look terrible. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Say, aren't you Doc Gamble, Pierre McGee and Molly's physician? That's right. I was there when the stork delivered McGee. You
4: were He was in
15: pretty bad shape. Out of his mind part of the time, but I managed to pull him through. McGee? The stork. <laughs> but getting back to your rundown condition...
2: But, Doc, I
15: never felt better in my life. You look like you've just returned from a lost weekend. <laughs> I do? But don't worry, my boy, you've probably been working too hard. I've got several vitamins here that'll fix you up. Now, here you are. For better vision, this is vitamin A. Mm-hmm. For stronger bones, this is D. Yeah. For that
2: tired feeling, this is B. Well, fine, I'll have some of that right after I tell the folks that Elgin's fourth annual two-hour Christmas Day greeting to America will con- The Elgin Watch Company's fourth annual two-hour Christmas Day greeting to America starts its second hour. In the next 60 minutes, you'll hear Jack Benny, Jenny Sims, Red Skelton, Ella Logan, the Charioteers, the celebrated pianist Artur Rubinstein, Alan Reed, Bob Crosby, and the Bobcats, Alan Jones, the Elgin Orchestra and Chorus under the direction of Louis Silvers,
0: and your host for the full two hours, Don Don Amici. Because well, some of you may have tuned in late for this fourth annual Christmas Day greeting to America, we say once again, Merry Christmas to all of you, from each of the stars named by Ken Carpenter, from the Elgin Watch Company, and of course from myself. Our hearts are like this Christmas Day. We've given gifts and received them, and we are enjoying the greatest gift of all, the gift of peace, which God's help and the sacrifices of the valiant peoples of the United Nations have given us. Let us in these closing days of this year of victory vow to keep that peace so sacred that the horrors of war will never again cloud the joys of Christmas. Let us be vigilant lest the seeds of hatred and bigotry take root and flourish again. That is the only way we can make certain that Christmas will always be as it is today, a day of true rejoicing, laughter, and song. The charioteers combine all these with one of the songs they're famous for.
15: Ride
5: red ride Oh the
4: name, the name of the song is ride red ride ride red <laughs>
16: Ride it, ride, ride it, ride, ride
15: ride, ride ride, Take you to from your
11: ride ride, ride, ride ride. ride Take
6: red. Stick out your chest Don't be ashamed when I call
5: your name. My me with a rhythm. You win me well. It's to make the whole town red, red. Boy, you heard what I said. My goodness gracious, you thrill me bodacious So ride,
0: ride, ride Take your trumpet from your side, Red Stick out your chest with pride, Red Don't be
2: ashamed when I called your name Cause Gabriel you send me with rhythm You'll win me while there's the whole town,
3: Red Red, you heard what I said My goodness gracious, you thrill me bodacious So
6: ride, ride, ride Well, London Bridge is falling down Why don't you help me go to the town?
8: Woo! <laughs> We won't be the day we
4: won't be the
0: If any of you were fortunate enough to be listening to your radio on Thursday evening, September the 6th, and were tuned to suspense, you would have heard Agnes Moorhead in her unforgettable performance, Sorry, Wrong Number. The response of both critics and public was so enthusiastic, Miss Moorhead was called upon to repeat the playlist several times. On each occasion, she gave a stirring, vivid portrayal as the neurotic woman who hears a murder being plotted over cross telephone wires and finally learns that the intended victim of the murder is herself. Miss Moorhead's characterization is truly an incomparable study in terror. Tonight we had hoped to bring you this great radio drama, sorry wrong number. Miss Agnes Moorhead unfortunately was unable to be with us, so we secured the services of another personality with the same dynamic appeal, none other than Jack Benny. I'll take you to Mr. Benny's home in Beverly Hills where we find Jack sitting anxiously by the telephone waiting nerves shattered another victim of suspense
17: (laughs) Busy, busy, busy it can't be busy all this time Operator, operator. Quiet, Polly. (laughs) Operator, operator.
12: I'm sorry, that line is busy.
17: Listen, operator, I've been trying to get that number for the last 20 minutes. It's a big advertising agency. They have a switchboard.
12: I'm sorry, the line is busy.
17: It can't be busy. I've been ringing that number since 25 after 11. Do you know what time it is now?
12: For the correct time dial, Ulrich, 8900. (laughs) 900.
17: Operator, I know what time it is It's a quarter to twelve
12: Quarter
4: to twelve
17: <laughs> <laughs> Quiet, Polly Listen, Operator I'm a subscriber I pay my bills every month And since I've been on this phone I've had nothing but trouble
12: One moment, please I will connect you
17: Hmm, that's all I have Prepare department Watch your trouble Look at my sponsors Never mind (laughs) What do I have to do To get Hillside 7593 Just call the operator Oh my goodness Why can't Operator Operator
12: Number please
17: Look operator I want Hillside 7593
12: You may dial that number direct
17: I did dial the number And I keep getting a busy signal That's what I've been trying to tell you Look operator I'm Jack Benny I have a radio program My option comes up At 12 o'clock today If I don't hear from my sponsor Mr. Jones in 15 minutes I'll be out of a job He's the advertising manager I'm trying to get him on the phone and I can't get the number
12: I will connect you with information
17: Operator don't you understand I don't want information This is
12: information
17: Look I don't want information I want Seven Side Hill 593 I mean Hill Seven Side 593
3: You may die that number
17: direct. Look, I've tried it direct, indirect, and spelled backwards. <laughs> <laughs> now what do I have to do to get Hillside 7593?
4: You may dial that, that number, number direct.
17: <laughs> I don't know what to do. This is driving me mad. It keeps getting later. Later. Quarter to 12. Quarter
4: to 12. <laughs> 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 Holly,
17: it's ten minutes to twelve now Your watch is slow Well, I'll try There it is It's my sponsor He's calling me He's calling me Hello, hello Mr. Benny? Yes, yes, yes It's fifty words or less, isn't it? The contest is over (laughs) Hmm, fine time to ask about my contest My sponsor doesn't call pretty soon I'll go nuts I still have eight minutes I've got to reach Mr. Jones by 12 (laughs) o'clock. Quiet, Polly. Here's a cracker. Eat it slowly. It might be your last. (laughs) Well, I'll try that number again.
5: You'll never get
17: it. You'll never get it. You'll never get it. You'll never get it. Quiet! It can't still be busy. I know it can't. I'm sure there must be something wrong with the... hello 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 hello
7: is that you mr
17: jones mr jones that's my sponsor mr jones this is me jack benny
2: hello george
17: they can't hear me the wires must be crossed
2: yes george i've thought the matter over thoroughly i've decided to let him go i see well it's going to be quite a shock to him he's been with us a long time well george he's had it coming his work has fallen off so badly it isn't funny anymore
17: (laughs) yipe (laughs)
5: they're
17: talking about me mr jones operator well mr jones
5: don't you think
0: you want him and just give him another chance might be difficult to replace
17: him. That's right. Tell him, George. Tell him. Nice boy, George. Nice boy. Tell him,
0: George. No, George. I've made up my mind. I think we should look for a younger
17: man. Younger? Well, I'm only 37. 37?
18: <laughs> 37.
4: 37 and 37. That's 75. <laughs>
17: At 74, you dope, can't you count?
7: You don't think warning him would do any good, eh, Mr. Jones? No,
17: no, he's had his chance. Mr. Jones, please, George has a swell idea. Warn me, it's Christmas. Give me another chance. I might be difficult to replace. Tom Brenneman is so busy, (laughs) and he has to get up so early. All right, Mr. Jones, I'll let him... I've been cut off. Operator, operator, operator! Number, please. Operator, I want hillside 7593. Will you please get it for me?
12: You may dial that number direct.
17: I've been dialing. I've been dialing all morning. My fingers are so swollen, they don't fit into the hole. One moment,
4: please. I
12: will try that number for you.
17: Thank you. Thank you. Only five minutes ago. If only I can talk to Mr. Jones. If I could plead with him, beg him, like I did last year. (laughs) Maybe I could talk to him and give me another chance. It's Christmas.
12: Bobby, that line
18: is
17: busy. Busy, busy, busy. What am I going to do? I've got to think fast. Busy,
12: busy,
14: busy.
17: Polly, shut up. <laughs> this is serious. You may have to go to work. Four minutes to twelve. Wait a minute, I know. I'll call my agent. That's it, my agent. Why am I paying him nine percent. <laughs> I'll try and get That might be Mr. Jones Oh, hello? Hello,
8: is
16: that you, Edna? Edna? This is Johnny McGuire I just got back from the
0: South Pacific. Haven't seen a woman in three years You're the first one I called
17: Look, look, you must have the wrong number
0: Ah, uh, don't give me that, Edna I recognize your voice right away
17: <laughs> But I...
16: Now, now, what do you say, Edna? Let you and me step out tonight, huh? I'll buy you a nice big dinner
17: I'm telling you, you have the wrong. Dinner? (laughs) No, no, what am I thinking of? He'd only want to. I'm sorry, you have the wrong (laughs) number. I wish I was, Edna. At least then I'd know where my. Oh my goodness. Only three minutes to twelve. No time to call my agent now. I gotta get Mr. Jones. Maybe he had not signed anybody else yet I'll tell him I'll do anything he asks me Anything I'll let him cut my salary This year I'll suggest it myself <laughs> The line's clear, it's not busy I still have time This is Hillside,
12: 7593
17: uh, Get me, get me Mr. Jones, quick This is Jack Benny Mr. Jones is
12: busy on another line, would you call that? No, no, I'll hold on
17: Oh, hurry, Mr. Jones, hurry You haven't got much time I mean, I haven't got much time it's Christmas. Hello, hello? Hello, hello. Is that you, Mr. Jones? <laughs> oh, it's you, Polly. <laughs> Shut your big mouth. Hello? What's that? Oh, Mr. Jones. I wasn't talking to you, Mr. Jones. It wasn't your big mouth. It was my parrot. This is Jack Benny. Oh,
6: well, Jack, I'm glad you called. I wanted to tell you that... Mr.
17: Jones, please. Before you say anything, listen to me. you got to listen to me. I know I've been on the air a long time, but I'm not true yet. Honest, I'm not. There's still a few good years left in me And I want you to have them But Jack L-S-M-F-T 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 But Jack, Jack I know I've made mistakes Everybody makes mistakes I mean everybody but you, Mr. Jones You always do the right thing You're wise, smart, intelligent, kind That's it, kind You're too kind to cast me aside like an old shoe and Besides this Christmas Give me another chance Please, please, please Don't drop my option
15: But Jack, what are you crying about? We've no intention of letting you go.
17: Honest, Mr. Jones, if you don't want to give me... What? You... You mean you're going to pick up my option?
15: Why, certainly. I've been trying to call you all
17: morning.
2: Your phone's been busy. <laughs>
17: <laughs> my phone? Busy? Oh. Oh.
0: Tell me, Jack.
15: Whatever gave you the idea we wouldn't take up your option?
17: Well, well, Mr. Jones, I, I called you a few minutes ago and the, the wires got crossed. I heard you talking to a man named George. George?
0: Oh, yes, he's my office manager.
17: Well, I, I overheard you telling him to let somebody go. You, you wanted a, a younger man.
2: Oh, I remember, certainly. I discharged him this morning. It was the janitor.
17: <laughs> the, the janitor? Yes. Oh, Oh, the janitor. Well... (laughs) Well, Mr. Jones, if the man wasn't doing his work, what else could you do? I mean, it's not your fault if the man isn't capable. There's no place for sentiment in business, Mr. Jones. That's what I like about you, Mr. Jones. You don't let your heart rule your head. The janitor got what was coming to him. I don't believe in a man whining and trying to hang on to a job when he's not wanted. I agree with you. If a man fails to deliver, let him go. Get rid of them, I say! Fire
2: them! You who received an Elgin watch this Christmas can consider yourself particularly fortunate. For your Elgin is not only a beautiful watch. It's a timepiece created by the most skillful and best-equipped watchmakers in the country. Yes, your Elgin was made in America by American craftsmen. And here's one advantage of that. Each tiny part of it was made to such exacting standards of precision that should anything happen to it, another identical part can easily be secured. You can expect your Elgin to give you a lifetime of satisfying service. I think, too, that you'll be interested to know how the accuracy of your Elgin was checked. It was time to the stars. Time correct to the hundredths of a second is computed in the Elgin Observatory. And Elgin is the only watch company with its own observatory regularly observing, recording, and broadcasting time from the stars. That accurate Elgin time, by the way, is now being used on the Great Plains flown coast to coast by United Airlines. And all the United Airlines new DC-6s, the coming five-mile-a-minute mainliners, will be equipped with Elgin timepieces, time to the stars. So I say lucky you who got an Elgin this morning. And for those who were denied this gift by the shortage of Elgins, I have the happy news that more Elgins are coming. Hold fast your desire a little longer. You'll be glad you waited for an Elgin.
0: With more and more of our servicemen coming home from overseas, the railway platform is just about the most popular place in town these days. And here's lovely Ginny Sims, a GI favorite, expressing a sentiment That is in many a girl's heart as she stands, waiting for the train to come in.
11: Waiting for the train to come in. Waiting for my man to come home. I've counted every minute of the live-long day Been so melancholy since he went away I've shed a million teardrops or more Waiting for the one I adore I'm waiting in the depot by the railroad car Looking for the choo-choo train that brings him back I'm waiting for my life to begin Waiting for the train to come in Waiting for the
4: train
11: come in waiting for my guest to come home. I counted every minute of the live long day. When so melancholy since he went away, I've shed a million teardrops or more or less waiting for the one I do. Yes, yes. I'm a depot by the railroad track, looking Again. for the choo-choo train that brings him back. I'm waiting for my life to begin, to begin waiting
4: for the train to come in, to come in.
0: If the next man on Elgin's Christmas list had a flowing white beard and a proper costume, he might well pass for jolly old St. Nicholas, complete with pack on back and front as well. I refer to that portly prince of poetry and cheater of meter, the Falstaff Openshaw of Allen's Alley, Allen Reed. Start the fanfare,
7: let the trumpets blow it. Here is Falstaff. Where shall I throw it? Ah, <laughs> you're merry as a lot, Falstaff. What makes you so gay? Sick transit, Gloria Monday. I rejoin Fred Allen a week from Sunday. <laughs> and how does that leave Allen? Probably sick Monday.
0: <laughs> well, it'll be like old times, you and Fred together again. Ah, oh,
7: yes, Don. Allen has great need for a man of my size. Oh, really? Yes, to carry the bags under his eyes.
0: Seriously, what are you going to do with Fred?
7: What am I going to do? You've certainly heard of Alan's alley. Oh, yes. When I've returned, it'll be a dead end. Well, I take it you've come to us equipped with sonnets. Oh, indubitably. Have you heard? Her name was Esmeralda Schwelp. She tried penicillin, but it didn't help.
0: <laughs> she should have tried sulfanilamide. She
7: would have, but I couldn't spell it. Now, uh, here's a poem on more sentimental lines. Since Mother fell into the washing machine, she's a beat-up chick, but who cares?
0: She's clean. (laughs) I assume that a poet of your standing has penned a poem fitting for this time of year. By a strange coincidence... I have concocted a bit of rhymed
7: drivel which I shall use as thank-you notes for the monstrosities I received in the guise of Christmas gifts. Wouldst, uh, like to hear it? Wouldst? Goodst. <laughs> List. Thank you, Grandma Hotchkiss, for the present your knitting needles built. No doubt you meant it for a sweater, but I'm using it for a quilt. <laughs> and thanks to you, Aunt Susan, the slippers were a treat but somebody should have told you I don't have two left feet. (laughs) And I'm so grateful, Cousin Vincent, for that expensive fountain pen with the name engraved upon it. Only my name isn't Ben. (laughs) And last but not least, thanks, Uncle Willie. Your present filled me with good cheer. I can't complain about your taste. (laughs) It's the same tie I sent you last year.
0: (laughs) Quite fitting, quite fitting. To the contrary, old boy The tie hung down to my knees
1: There's
0: one good thing about gifts from relatives They can always be turned in for something else Uh, Wouldn't it be nice if we could
7: turn relatives in for something else?
0: (laughs) I take it you're not pleased with the crop
7: on your family tree? The crop is good enough But one gets a little tired of nuts (laughs) Uh, However, I must say I must say they inspire me poetically For example, here's an opus I oped to my Aunt Opal I call it Get out of the rain barrel, auntie. That's no way to get in the swim. (laughs) That's doggy doggerel. Well, don't let it give you distemper. But uh, perhaps you would rather hear something more serious, like the elegy I've just
0: finished. An elegy? Is it anything like Gray's elegy in a country churchyard? No, it's more like Swift's elegy in a city stockyard.
4: Oh, <laughs> uh, I only hope it
0: turns out as well as the sonnet to a jukebox I heard you recite on Fred Allen's program. You know the one that goes, "Put down that jukebox, mother, you're too old to carry a tune."
7: <laughs> yes, yes, that old thing. I've just written a sequel to it Woodst List Woodst Goodst You're very kind. What do you call this new jukebox poem? Mother's been a perfect stranger Since she caught her face in the record changer
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alan, I enjoy your frivolous phrases But I happen to know there's another side to you That's right, Don It's just as
7: big as this side
0: <laughs> No, seriously, Alan I remember that on one of your previous appearances for Elgin You recited a very inspiring, serious poem I believe it was a poem suggested by a question your young son asked you about the war. That's right, Don. And I have written a sequel to
7: that poem, too. A sequel prompted by another juvenile question. I call it Formula for a Lasting Peace. The other day, my young son asked, What were we fighting for? And now that we've won... What do we do to have peace instead of war? Son, I replied, this peace that we have must be made more precious than bread. The peace years to come have been dearly bought. They've been paid for by millions of dead. We owe it to them to make certain, my son, that they have not died in vain. We owe it to them to see that never again will the world endure such pain. This is how we can do it, my son. This is the thing we will need. A harvest of honest intentions from the planting of brotherhood seed. If every man were every man's brother and every nation were equal and each had respect one for the other, these times could have no sequel. If we learn to pull together in peace as we did in war, some future lad won't ask his dad. What are we fighting for?
0: Well, Merry Christmas, Mr. Amici. Well, Merry Christmas to you, Mr. Peavy. Is there anything I can do for you? Yes, there is. Mr.
8: Gildersleeve, our water commissioner, dropped into my
0: drugstore late yesterday to buy you a Christmas card, and he asked me to deliver it to you. Well, now, that was nice, Gildersleeve. Mmm, Hey, Gildersleeve has good taste. Yeah, let's see it, Don. Oh, that is
2: nice. Uh, what's that stuff smeared all over the Merry Christmas? Uh, oh, that's
8: his nephew, Leroy. <laughs> Leroy? Yes, Leroy helped him address the card and happened to be eating a chocolate ice cream cone at the time. <laughs>
0: well, Mr. Peavy, I appreciate the trouble you've taken to deliver this card. It must have put you out considerably.
2: <laughs> well, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs>
4: well, excuse me,
2: Mr. Peavy. Could I interrupt just a second to tell the folks that the fourth annual Elgin Christmas show will continue after a brief pause for station identification? Well, I guess that takes care of that. No,
8: well, no, I wouldn't say that.
2: What would you say?
8: I'd say this is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
2: The Alzheimer's Company's fourth annual two-hour Christmas Day greeting to America begins its final half hour with Red Skelton, Ella Logan, the celebrated pianist Arturo Rubenstein, the charioteers... Bob Crosby and the Bobcats, the Elgin Orchestra and Chorus under the direction of Louis Silvers, and your host for the full two hours, Don Amici.
0: Once again, let me say Merry Christmas to those of you who have tuned in late. And may I also extend the compliments of the season from every one of the stars Ken Carpenter just mentioned, from the Elgin Watch Company, and from myself. As we share the joy of this long-awaited peacetime Christmas... Let us bear in mind that the war has left us the most powerful nation the world has ever known. May we have the wisdom to set an example of peace. Thus, all the Christmases to come will bring the full measure of joy that Christmas should eternally hold, so that there will be undiluted joy in all laughter and music. For good music is one of the most joyous things life has to offer. And it is fitting that on this grateful Christmas day... Elgin can invite you to listen to the world-famous concert pianist Arthur Rubenstein as he plays Defier's exciting Ritual Fire Dance. That was marvelous, Mr. Rubenstein. Marvelous. Hearing you play makes me so envious. Thank you, Mr. Amiti. You know, I'm rather envious of you, too. You are? Yes. I have read that you have six children, and I have only three. Well, what do you know? We're both parents. Yes. (laughs) It's a small world, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, indeed. Uh, Tell me, how
2: old are your children? The youngest, a girl, is 11 months, 9 days.
8: And let me see, uh, four hours old, I believe.
0: Uh Ah, well, you certainly have her birth record impressed on your memory. I should have. I missed six concerts waiting for her appearance. (laughs) That waiting is a harrowing experience, isn't it? Agonizing. Yes. Being a family man, I suppose you played Santa Claus last night. Yes. And rounding up those presents was more work than playing ten concerts. Speaking of Christmas gifts, there's one Christmas present we'd like you to pass out now to our listeners. Your wonderful performance of George Gershwin's Prelude No. 2 for piano. It's my pleasure.
2: Four years ago today, some hundreds of thousands of people beamed with pleasure at the sight of the Elgins they'd got. Today, only a very, very few thousand had that same indescribable thrill. For in all those years of the war, Elgin craftsmen stuck to their appointed tasks, made precision instruments and timing devices needed for victory. Only since VJ Day have they been able to create watches for civilians to buy. But not much longer need your gift of an Elgin be delayed. Production is stepping up at the Elgin, Illinois plant, the largest fine watch factory in the world. And the Elgin Watch Company is putting into operation another watch factory at Lincoln, Nebraska. Now, notice the names of these cities, by the way. Elgin, Illinois, Lincoln, Nebraska. They're American. All Elgin watches are made in America by American craftsmen. Pretty soon you'll see at your jewelers new models of Elgin watches improved by techniques that came out of Elgin's war work. More beautiful Elgin watches with their accuracy timed to the stars. Hold fast to your desire. More Elgins are coming, and you'll be glad you waited for an Elgin.
0: Bob Crosby, late of the United States Marines, puts his bobcats through a groovy maneuver titled March of the Bobcats. (laughs) And G.I. in Italy during the past two years had a visitor drop in the him around Christmas who was more welcome than Santa himself. That visitor was an American girl with a warm Scotch burn, a voice, a smile on her lips, and a batch of songs in her heart. Less than a month ago, she returned from Berlin where she topped off a six-month USO tour with a case of pneumonia. Elgin is proud to welcome her home. Ella Logan.
19: Thank you, Don, and a Merry Christmas, everybody.
0: Nice to be home on Christmas for a change, isn't it, Ella?
19: Oh, wonderful. Being home in America is the best Christmas present anybody could have.
0: Well, we share that feeling with you, Ella. And we're all grateful to you for making past Christmases mean so much to those men overseas.
19: Well, I was grateful for the opportunity to be with them, Don. It was an inspiration to learn that the hardships of war had not killed our men's ability to smile and laugh. You know, I'll never forget meeting a little soldier in Berlin a few weeks ago. He'd been in show business and he used to wait for the USO troops to come around so he could talk to the actors. And just before I left, he gave me a letter and said, Ella, don't open this until you get to New York. And when I arrived home, I opened the letter and this is what I read. My dear Ella, You don't have to send my greetings to Havana or to a Palin or Rio de Janeiro Show. And I told you I was through With that dancer from Peru And I've written to that dame in Ecuador But if you'd like to do a little pal of favor On account of our been sent across the sea Do this little job Go around and see the mob And ask them all to drop a line to me Give my regards to Broadway Remember me to Herald Square Just tell all the gang on 42nd Street That I will soon be there Tell them of how I'm yearning To mingle with the old and floor Yes, give my regards to old Broadway And say that is there a right and tell me what is playing at the Paramount And who is breaking all the records at the Strand Say hello to all the guys I know in Lindy And if you meet a Schubert, shake him by the hand Give my love to all the kids around the palace. And kindly call my agent on the phone And tell him not to wait, he better fix an opening date I got a feeling that we're coming home To give my regards to Broadway Remember Meta Herald Square And give a pat on the back To all the characters on I my... Oh.
0: During the past year, radio has missed the buffoonery of a top-flight comedian who has been serving in the armed forces. They call him Red, but since his return to the air, his friends are calling him Charity because he follows hope. And it's <laughs> Elgin's pleasure to extend a welcome home greeting to Red.
16: Thank you very much and Merry Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. Now that since we're lucky enough to be on this wonderful program, I would like to read chapter 31 from my scrapbook of satire, and it's entitled, Junior on Christmas. Verna Felton will play my grandmother. Our characters are fictional. If there's any similarity to persons living, it's a lie. (laughs) It's Christmas morning at grandmother's house, and busy taking his last toy apart, we find... The mean widow can Junior? Junior? <laughs> Here I is Up on the bookcase
18: What are you doing up there?
16: I'm looking for a book For the cat <laughs> Now that's silly The cat can't read Who said we? I'm gonna throw it at him <laughs> He is the meanest cat In the world He is He is the meanest thing. Junior did he scratch you? Yes, he did. Uh, Where? Was it serious? Well, serious? Look at me arm. I wasn't vaccinated with a rake, you know.
18: <laughs> Junior? Jack. You're hiding something behind that dictionary.
16: What is it? Grandma, is you trying to pick a fight? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Yes, you is. Yes, you is. You know it's your cookie jar. <laughs>
18: That's what I thought. After all the oranges and Christmas candy you've been eating, you had to go and eat all my cookies. Oh,
16: I did not eat any of them. I wouldn't eat your cookies. Oh, I might lick the sugar off the top of you, but... Uh, I didn't eat any of them, no.
18: I baked those cookies for your grandfather. You now, look. There's nothing left but crumbs. Well,
16: we could stick them together with a little paste.
18: You must never get into my cookie jar again. No. If you want one, ask. I'll give
16: it to you. Yeah, you'll give it to me, but where? <laughs> Okay, I will ask, but there's nothing like the thrill of capturing you own, you know. Hey, can I ride my new tricycle out in the street? Goodness no. A car might hit you and dent the fender.
18: Yes.
16: <laughs> Boy, they sure love me, don't
18: they? You <laughs> put on your new hat. Yes. I want you to run an errand for I me. I
16: can't. I lost my new hat. I went outside in the wind, blew it away. How could you lose it?
18: It had an elastic chin strap.
16: Elastic? Was that elastic?
18: Yes, why?
16: I thought it was liquid. So I ate her. <laughs> I'll
18: go find you, hat.
16: No, okay, I'm going to chin up this buffet huh, and get me another banana. Ooh, I these bananas. Oh, I love you, banana. Now, I will chin up the corner of this. <coughs> Junior, what happened? You know your three piece coffee set you got for Christmas? Yes. You got seven pieces <laughs> now.
18: Aren't you, aren't you ashamed of yourself? Well, don't stand there with that silly smile on your face I ain't
16: smiling I got a banana in me mouth sideways
18: <laughs> Junior, the way you act You surprise me uh,
16: stick around, kiddo You get over that <laughs> Junior
18: for that, you'll be punished
16: oh, 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 you hit me, you hit me You busted me with a jaw You busted me, jaw. you broke it, you broke it Well, you broke it. all
18: right, in that case You won't be able to eat any cream pie
16: <laughs> Well, I don't guess it was broke that bad Why don't you go play? With what? Everything's busted
18: is your BB gun busted? Yeah, I'm sick of that thing, though,
16: already. Besides, there's no more light bulbs left on the tree. <laughs> oh,
18: Junior. You wouldn't shoot the bulbs off the tree, would you? Oh, no. You're <laughs> kidding. <laughs> you
16: just keep laughing, kiddo. <laughs>
18: Junior, you yes. go play for a few minutes. Yes. Then I want you to take a Boston cream pie next door to Mr. Fowler. It's my Christmas present to him. Me take a pie? Yes.
16: Trusting old soul, ain't <laughs> Hey, I will go upstairs first and see if Grandpa awake. He's got me another present, you know. All of your presents were under the tree. Yeah, but the muffler, where's me muffler? Me what muffler. makes you
18: think he has a muffler for you?
16: Well, you remember when I gave him a hot foot with a blowtorch? He, you made him stop losing his temper? Yes Well, I heard him say he'd like to wrap something around my neck Where's me muffler?
18: <laughs> well,
16: just forget about it oh. You shouldn't bother Gramps
18: when he's sleeping no. He isn't a well man
16: No, he ain't, huh? No. He will be when he's sleeping off, though, won't he?
18: June, <laughs> uh, don't you talk like that right. He isn't well, he has horrible headaches
16: Yes, I know and bumping into lamp holes Don't help him any Junior! Don't you hit me
18: here, here, put your coat on And take this pie over to Mr. Fowler And come right back Christmas dinner will be ready soon Okay, I will hurry I will I wonder what's keeping Junior He's been gone 20 minutes I'd better phone Hello? Oh, Mr. Fowler, this is Verna. Merry Christmas to you, too. Uh, has Junior arrived with your Christmas pie yet? He hasn't.
16: Junior! Hi, oh, Tom. Where uh, have you been? Not kind of sleepy. I think i go up there and take a nap. Junior, <laughs> did you take that pie next door like I told you? Well, must you upset the holiday? <laughs> you know the old saying,
18: peace on earth, you know. Junior, uh-huh. do you see that razor strap? Yes, I do. You know what I'm going to do with it, don't you? Well,
16: I don't care. Go ahead and shave. I <laughs> I'll see
18: you later. I see you later. Junior, yes. what did you do with that pie? Well,
16: a dog bit me, and I dropped it.
18: Where did the dog bite you? I don't see any marks.
16: Well, he had very soft teeth, he did.
18: (laughs) We'd better call the doctor. The dog might have had rabies. Oh, no. (gasps) Look, you're foaming at the mouth. Are you? You have hydrophobia.
16: (laughs) Ah, that ain't hydrophobia. That's part of the cream pie.
6: (laughs) (laughs) You tricked me, you tricked me. All right,
18: Tell me, did you eat that pie? No, not all of it, only half of it, only half of it. What did you do with the rest of it? Well, I
16: put a part of it in this pocket and part of it in that pocket. Oh, you no. <coughs> oh, why did you hit me there? I had a piece in that pocket. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Red. We all love Junior, but I'm sorry you didn't bring some of the other characters from your show along with you, like that boy from the country, Clem.
16: Uh, Hopper's the name.
0: Well, howdy, Clem, howdy.
7: Well, howdy-doody to you,
16: too.
0: Oh, Ken, uh... Ken Carpenter, meet Clem Uh, 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 Cadiddle Hopper. It
16: ain't hard to say, you know. Just shift your tonsils in the second between the cadiddle and the hopper.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've heard about you,
2: Clem. Well, you can't prove nothing, (laughs) bud. You know, you do have a reputation for being a little, uh, shall we say, subpar mentally. Shall we say stupid? (laughs) Clem, even you have sense enough to recognize quality when you see it. Just look at this Lord Elgin watch. Reasonably priced, Distinctively styled And time to the stars
16: Oh, well, that's really nice What's that little thing Running around in a circle there?
2: Well, it's the second hand Looks like a third hand to me <laughs> <laughs> You can't
16: count this guy You can't count. Oh,
2: Clem, you're a moron And my
16: father before me <laughs>
2: I sometimes wonder, Clem If you can even tell time Well, you
16: just give me that watch there I'll show you Mm-hmm <laughs> mighty pretty, but where did Mickey Mouse go? The time,
2: Clem, the time
16: Oh, the time, let's see It's, um, 22, uh, no, it's, uh, 10 after, uh, it's about, uh, No, that ain't it either it? <laughs> Well, uh, when it gets around to midnight, I'll tell you
2: And you can be sure, Clem, that when the Elgin does get around to midnight It will be midnight, right on the dot Because Elgins are accurate, time to the stars Elgins are made by fourth-generation craftsmen, the same craftsmen who, during the war, stayed faithfully on the job, making precision instruments and timing devices for the armed forces. And now these Elgin craftsmen are concentrating on the production of watches. There'll be more of these beautiful star-timed Elgins ready for you soon. So if you didn't get an Elgin in your Christmas stocking today, hold fast to your desire. You'll be glad you waited for an Elgin. Why? (laughs) Why? Glam, because Elgin is a goodbye. And goodbye to you, too.
0: (laughs) This Christmas Day has been a particularly joyous one. We have celebrated not only the birthday of our Lord, but also the victory and the peace he saw fit to bestow on us. As we look ahead to the new year, it's appropriate that we should search our hearts for a prayer of guidance for the future. Perhaps the best expression of what we could ask of him this day is contained in the following words written by a man who has long inspired the men and women of this generation, the late Stephen Vincent Benet. God of the free, we pledge our hearts and lives today to the cause of all free mankind. Our Earth is but a small star in the great universe. Yet of it we can make, if we choose, a planet unvexed by war, untroubled by hunger or fear, undivided by senseless distinctions of race, color or theory. Grant us that courage and foreseeing to begin this task today that our children and our children's children may be proud of the name of man. Yet, most of all, grant us brotherhood. Not only for this day, but for all our years. A brotherhood not of words, but of acts and deeds. Grant us a common faith that man shall know bread and peace, that he shall know justice and righteousness, freedom and security, an equal opportunity, and an equal chance to do his best, not only in our own lands, but throughout the world. And in that faith, let us march toward the clean world our hands can make. watch company and the many stars who hope they have helped make this day an even happier one. It has been wonderful to be with you for this fourth annual to our Christmas greeting. May the new year bring you the happiness you deserve after four years of toil and sacrifice. And may each one of us be granted the wisdom to help share the new world of peace and progress that must surely lie ahead for all freedom loving people. <laughs> Oh,
2: Making it possible to bring you this fourth annual two-hour Christmas Day greeting to America. The Elgin Watch Company of Elgin, Illinois, wishes to thank Lever Brothers, makers of Lux Soap, for the appearance of Louis Silvers. The Bordens Company for the appearance of Jenny Sims and the Ford Motor Company for the appearance of Bob Crosby. Jack Benny appeared to the courtesy of Lucky Strike Cigarettes and Bob Holt to the courtesy of Pepsi-Cola. We also wish to thank the Metro Golden Mare Studio, producers of the Harvey Girls, and the makers of Raleigh cigarettes for the appearance of Red Skelton. Don Amici can currently be seen in Guest Wife, the United Artists production. Vera Vague will soon be seen in the Columbia Pictures snafu. Elgin also wishes to thank the Kraft Foods Company for the appearance of the charioteers and myself. I'm Ken Carpenter. (laughs) This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
1: Welcome back. Well, a solid couple of hours. I think probably my favorite of the comedians they had on was Red Skelton. At least that's judging by my reaction, because he was the only one who was on when I was listening to this, where my wife came up to me and wondered what I was laughing at. He was definitely in top form. And I like hearing him at this point. Um, I'm currently listening to the Avalon Time programs from uh, 1939 and 40. And in those, he's just kind of doing, you know, typical stand-ups, sort of post-monologue and skits. And hadn't got to developing all the characters, at least not on air, in the way that we get to hear in this one. It's also the second... uh, Thanksgiving special where we've heard Larry Storch, A.K.A. Corporal Agarn from F-Troop, because he was also in the Thanksgiving uh, program and also doing the uh, impersonations. And I guess all of the impersonations kind of set the stage for all of the different uh, voices or and relatives that Storch would use when he was playing a Corporal Agarn. Because I remember on F-Troop that. Uh, he had, like, uh, a relative or a alike one from Mexico, one from Russia, and that's just what I remember. Overall, this was a very entertaining couple of hours, and it had a very interesting uh, through line. I-, I do think there is something really unique about the Christmas of 1945. The programs that are uh, set about that time really do have like a genuine feeling of joy uh, about people whose uh, loved ones have uh, come home and who are safe and sound at the holiday season. At the same time, I think there's an element of realism as they're not just dealing in the joy, but there's also some obvious sorrow. Because for so many people, uh, this was a Christmas, perhaps their first, uh, without a loved one who perished in the war. Or it's a Christmas that's dealing with uh, new physical challenges, uh, such as war-related disabilities. And I think that the question of how you deal with and rise to those challenges did play into the Christmas sketch that uh, Don Amici did. All right, well, very quickly, I do have some listener comment and uh, feedback. Cindy wrote in regarding our Grand Central Station uh, episode that we played a few years back. This is my very favorite Christmas uh, radio show. I only have it on cassette, so it's absolutely wonderful to listen to it anywhere on my phone. Well, thanks so much, Uh, Oh, and thank you, Merry Christmas. Well, thank you so much, and Merry Christmas to you, uh, Cindy. So glad that hit the spot for you this holiday season. All right, well, uh, that will actually do it for today. Uh, We will be back on New Year's Eve, uh, so uh, be sure and listen then. In the meantime, if you do have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.